Hello to all and welcome to Straight Talk, where we talk about today's issues, news, sports, and health for all. I'm your host, Leroy, and thank you for joining us today. And thank you for always supporting the podcast and giving us the continued support that you do. We really, really do appreciate it. On today's episode, we're going to, re- we're going to be covering the past week events and some health tips as well. So... To start it off, I know we usually start off by perusing the little app, um, what'd you call it, breaking news to see if there's anything that happened in the last little while that I didn't write down to go over. There's a few little things here, so we'll start off with that. Um, this one I found pretty interesting. Police clock driver going 137 miles per hour on I-95 in New Hampshire. Hopefully Super Troopers was there. Um, Greenland, North New Hampshire, police in New Hampshire say they clocked a driver going more than double the speed limit on I-95 North early Sunday mor- Saturday morning. Sorry, The trooper recorded the 20-year-old Daryl Gurman of Portland, Maine, going 137 miles per hour in a 65 zone on the highway Greenland at about 2.46 a.m. So it was middle of the night. Hey, he's probably figuring there's nobody on the highway. What not? Don't. Um, police said that the trooper stopped the 2029 Nissan Armada. An Armada goes that fast? I would not think that an Armada goes that fast. That's a pretty big vehicle there. Um, open bottle of alcohol beverage in the back seat. Oh, there you go. There's the key. Not only about the speeding and unbelievable that I didn't even think a Nissan Armada would go that fast, but hey. Um, Garmin was taken into custody and charged with reckless operation of a transportation, uh, transportation and also open container of alcohol beverage by a minor. He was released in personal recognition bail. It is due to appear in Portsmouth Court December 9th, 19th, I mean, sorry. State police remain all motorists to obey the speed limit. And to drive with courtesy and care in New Hampshire, as well as not open containers of alcohol, especially if you're a minor there. That was a pretty little uh, shocking little development there. So, we start off our news with weirdness and craziness. How about it? Uh, let me see. So, I'm just looking through here. Ah, here we go. Video. It's a New York thing here. We went from New York to New Hampshire to New York. We're always with the new stuff, right? Gunman keeps firing at New York City police officer even after the fall to the ground mortally wounded. Jasmine Hickison, who was threatening to shoot his girlfriend, began shooting as soon as the officer arrived at the scene and got off at least five shots at the officer. The gunman was shot dead by cops in Coney Island Thursday night, kept firing at the officer even after he fell to the ground and was mortally wounded. Video obtained by the Daily News shows um, Hickison, 42, of Harlem resident, began shooting as soon as the cop arrived on the scene and got off at least five shots to the officer, according to police sources and surveillance video. The dramatic confrontation started about 10.15 p.m. Thursday as Hickerson threatened to shoot his girlfriend outside a H.L. Gourmet Deli grocery at West 36th Street and Neptune Avenue, police said. 
surveillance video taken from the outside of the deli shows Hickerson wearing a white hoodie, sweatshirt, and brown pants, arguing with his girlfriend as, as she he stood in the crosswalk of West 36th Street. His girlfriend sported a blue shirt and a ponytail, was, sev was several feet away by the deli front door. At the first, she raised her hands, then began to gesture wily as she tried to calm him down. Meanwhile, so I guess she wasn't wearing any pants because they only talk about the blue shirt and the ponytail. Quite an odd little development there. You think they would mention that in the article? Meanwhile, two other women had started had alert offices on the patrol, um, patrol block away, West Thirty Sixth and Mermaid Avenue, about what was going on. As soon as NYTB, NYPD parole patrol car approached, he swirled around, raised his pistol, and then began to fire at the officers as soon as he as soon as we were heard by the two shots he threw himself behind the deli counter said an employee at the gourmet deli his pistol raised at the police cruiser hicks hickerson fired off four rounds as he backed onto the sidewalk behind the parked cars the video shows the two officers and the cruiser ducked behind their car doors before firing back video shows. It wasn't good, said a witness who wished to remain anonymous. I don't blame them. It sounds like some cheap fireworks until you hear the word gun, gun, at the point jumped up and rapid fire was gone on. He was also locked in there. Witnesses of the side, on the side of the cops firing at Hickerson. I've, seen, I've never seen a cop this focused on looking at something. Hickerson's knee suddenly buckled, and he fell to the ground as as he hit the floor. But even after he was hit, Hickerson kept firing at the police officers. At the police officers, NYPD Chief Patrol Jeffrey Martel told uh, reporters late Thursday, "Off and more shots." The video shows. Eventually, he stopped. The um, police chief said after the shooters shooting stopped, Hickerson was sudden. And was surrounded and handcuffed as officers tried to, in vain, to render aid to one of the officers. They tried to revive the guy and really tried, said the witnesses who watched shoes as watched the chaos unfold. The gunman died on the scene as well. One officer who fired back at Hickerson broke down afterwards and had to be brought around the corner to witnesses say. They did not even, they didn't even try to book as far as I see, said the witness, the only thing that I saw when the girl was like, stop, stop. They threw her on the ground. That wasn't necessary, I don't think. Really? People are firing. So, there you go. 21-year-old gunman. I don't know about this place anymore. So, this past week, we had the lovely, lovely elections. As everybody ran out to elect for their favorite parties favorite um what do you call it candidates government issues and all that other fun stuff what did i do nothing i didn't vote i told you before don't vote don't see don't really see i don't know just not something i did i have in the past way way in the past i have vote but i just don't see the point of it anymore it is what it is you know, whoever's going to win is going to win, no matter what you do. So, 
Why waste my time and efforts in my eyes? Because you know what? As everybody ran to vote and I went home, had a nice dinner, saw my family and spoke to them and had some fun with them. Everybody else was running around to go vote. Not me. Uh-uh, nope. I didn't know the results that night, of course, that Tuesday. Went to sleep, woke up the next morning, and guess what? Nothing. I woke up just like I always do, worked out, went to work, cool, whatever. You know, doesn't really change. Some of the issues that have been stopped have been stopped in the past anyway, so... You know, some of the stuff people were voting for was stopped in the past as well, so it's going to happen. Um, if you're interested in reading about stuff, or reading a really good book that will show you some insight into the government, uh, former governor Jesse Ventura, he wrote several books about when he became governor and different stuff like that, which is pretty interesting if you're looking for a good read and to learn a little, little bit of the other side of politics, not the... Um, side that is out in the open in the public or just hear a little like background or backstory through politics definitely an interesting read interesting guy i've seen him on a couple of podcasts as well he's really i don't know just a really cool interesting type of guy um when i, I am a fan of wrestling as i've mentioned it several times on the podcast i am a big fan of wrestling so yeah, I never really was a huge Jesse Ventura fan. I've seen things here and there that I kind of like, hey, that's pretty cool. That's interesting about him. And some matches that were pretty good. I only he, I was more towards the end of his career when I started really getting into wrestling. So I wasn't really, you know, during the heyday of his, per se. I was more towards the end. Um, I remember him more so as a announcer with Vince McMahon and them then I did kind of as a wrestler and I know he was in WCW for a short time and then he started his um political lifestyle life career I guess you would say he started his political career and getting into that fun stuff and yeah he was pretty successful one of the one of the few um well one of the first athletes really if you you know, athlete and former military person that really ran for um, political office. He does have an extensive career in, uh, you know, in a military background. But, you know, he has moved out of the country. He don't vote either. So, <laughs> you know, George Carlin, Jesse Ventura, pretty interesting dudes that uh, kind of have a outlook on life. Kind of like I do, I guess you would say, because they don't go voting and doing all that fun stuff either. So, I follow my two people there. Jesse's an interesting guy. Um, George Carlin. Um, someone that I really, really like enjoying listening to. He's a fun guy. So, yes, I followed them. So, like I said, I went to sleep. I woke up. Same as every other day. Ate my breakfast. Did my work. Well, did my every other day. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people felt that way. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that didn't vote. And a lot of people got upset because you didn't. And or got upset because their um, horse in the race did not win the um, the race, I guess you would say. Or their political party. I don't know. I just don't like being part of parties, you know. Or being labeled. I'm much more comfortable being just me. 
I don't know. Interesting things here. Especially for people that are around my age or... Well, I mean, you could be younger because you could remember it, per se. But um, let's go over here. Um, I have it written down over here what I wanted to speak about. But um, let's see. There it is. I brought up the page as we were preparing to go on for the recording of the show. So, uh, where is it? Piece of Challenger shuttle found 36 years later. So, you're about to feel old if you remember this. 36 years ago, the Spaceship Challenger exploded with the teacher on board. I did actually watch a documentary. Well, it was supposed to be a family thing, but it was more just me and my wife watching it. But we watched a documentary about the Challenger and, you know, how they got more... Um, more or less different type of people involved with the chat uh, with the um, space shuttle program not so much military and stuff like that but more everyday kind of regular people and scientists and stuff like that and as you could you remember if you remember the teacher that was on so drivers have an uncovered divers drivers divers have uncovered a piece of spaceship shuttle a challenger off the coast of florida more than 37 years after Seven astronauts died during the spaceship launch. If you remember, the fuselage or the two um, propelling jets started to go. They started to separate and then it exploded. And most of it went into the ocean. So, on January 28th, 1986, at about 11.36 a.m. Eastern Time, the spaceship shuttle Challenger launched on the mission known as ST, STS-51L from Kennedy Space Center in Florida. A little over a minute into flight, the Challenger suffered a major malfunction caused by a cold temperature that morning on the launch. All seven astronauts, Frank R. Dick, Scobie, Michael J. Smith, Ronald McNair, Elson S. I'm not going to say that name. It's, pretty, it's a harsh one. Judith Resnick. Gregory B. Jarvis and teacher Christy Mick, whatever, were killed in the explosion. Although the dive teams and crews surrounded the ocean and landing area, searched for debris on the launch vehicle completely through investigation of the failure. Not only, not all of the debris was recovered and obtained. A discovery by diving teams in the History Channel marks the first new artifact from the wreckage found in 25 years. In March 2022, diver teams were searching the ocean floor for a World War II aircraft wreck when they stumbled upon the 20-foot-long piece of, of the shuttle that was recognized while from the white tiles. After a second dive in May, the team presented found that the NASA NASA astronaut Bruce McKinley, who suspected is part of the Challenger crew, underwater explorers Mike Burnett led the team that made the discovery. The significance of this large section of Challenger's structure was really apparent, um, Barton said. We recognize the necessity of bringing this find to the immediate attention of NASA. The dive site was Outside of the area known as the Bermuda Triangle of Florida Space Coast. Oh, the Bermuda Triangle. There's something I haven't heard in a while. NASA officials reviewed the images of the piece found and confirmed it was definitely part of the Challenger. 
NASA Administrator Bill Nelson said the discovery is a reminder of significance in the name of space exploration. While it has been 37 years since seven daring and brave explorers lost their lives aboard the Challenger, this tragedy will forever be searched into collective memory of our county as well as millions of Americans. For millions around the globe, myself included, said the uh, head of NASA, June 28th, 86, January 28th, 86, will still feels like yesterday, Nelson said. The story gives an obtain to the pursuit once again to the seven pioneers who lost their lives reflect on how the tragedy changed us and changed Nassau. The core value of safety is not is is and must forever remain our top priority in these times as our mission exploring more and cosmos than ever before by the by law, all space shuttle aircraft are the property of the U.S. government, and the Challenger Discovery will be documented into the History Channel series, the Bermuda Triangle into Cursed Waters, which premiered on November 22nd. So if you want to watch that, you can check that out. That's on the Discovery Channel. And I guess it's a little bit of um, talking about the Challenger and everything. Well, I had another thing here, too, I was going to talk about. Uh, Ah, and new news. Just going to go over this briefly. If you're looking for a vehicle, it's quite a pricey price tag on that there. Pricey price tag, hey? Um, the Cadillac SUV. Check it out, man. I saw it in person. Pretty cool. I didn't get to see the inside, but pretty cool. If you check out YouTube, you can see a couple of videos of it reveal the engine and all that fun stuff. It's a pretty amazing looking vehicle. So... Where are we going now to here? Okay. This is interesting. Efforts launched to recover the history and identities of the nationals, nation's first African-American Marines. So that's pretty cool. We're getting a little bit of history there. Going back both in African history, African-American history, being that Black History Month is, is this month, coming month. Or is it this month? Anyway, Black History Month is coming and everything. And, of course, the importance of all this stuff. Uh, Mor Morel Berger said that she always knew her late grandfather, Private Burns, was a U.S. veteran. But was until last year she learned about the historic, the historic history of this of his legacy. Some clicks and something led me to believe that, you know, what I think Pop, that's what we call him, was. A Montefiore Point, she said, on the ABC News. Established in 1942, the Montefiore Point Marines, an all-black North Carolina-based unit, became the country's first black Marine unit. Black men were not allowed to join the Marine Corps before. James William um, Mountfort Pointer called those men the best and bravest and the toughest and said, that's me. William said in the documentary. Throughout the unit, units was 20,000 strong. The U.S. military recorded of records of many of our are incomplete, but some still remain. Some were even destroyed, leaving only about 2,000 intact with the rest of the men's identities nearly forgotten and lost in history. I used to be offended 
when I would read about the Tuscan Tuscany Airmen and the Buffalo Soldiers, Will said, I'd say you're all recognized. I go to the movies and I'd see them historical events that happened, and I would think, where's mine? Uh, I don't see no black Marines. That used to bother me, said Melford. Now, Barger, Barger, many others are on a mission to find the remaining living Malfort Point Marines and their families after decades. And this is the um, person that discovered this speaking and our grandfather could succeed up against things that were present with us and very lasting and teach us that we can survive through anything. Houston Shine, National Malfort Point Marine Memorial Director, said that the majority of the Malfort Point are now in the 90s or older. We know that there will come a point when there won't be any of them around anymore to give us the truth and word-of-mouth history that they can. Those first black Marines um, from white face diversity from the white corp cores as well as others once it came to the gates you forgot about your name because you were just either a boy or a n-word carl braston melford said several men also embarked on hazing as well as other tactics that were meant to ridicule them while jackson mcdowell another melford point marine said the whole idea was outstanding and amazing. In this June 27, 2012, a file photo members of the Melford Point Marines attending the presentation ceremony of the Congressional Medal of Honor as they receive their medals. So a little bit of history there we're getting and that's really cool. It's a great thing that we see that this part of history is being uncovered, especially with Black History Month coming up. It's um, it's really great to see that, you know, everything is being done to preserve the history. And I've said this before. There is so much, um, so much stuff going around, and so much um, you know, different parts of history lost because schools are not teaching it. And it's up to us as um, brothers and sisters and all to teach these kids the history, man. And this is the type of stuff that you want to teach the kids. Let them know about the heroes that have served. I personally never served in the military. Never really had the desire to. I have several family members that did. And, you know, thank them for their support as well as these fine men who were the first um, African-American Marine Corps thanked them so much for everything they did for us and the um, efforts they gave to um, keep this country free and save us. So thank you guys so much. I'm so happy you, that they did receive the Congressional Medal of Honor. And now even the ones that are not here anymore, their history is going to be finally told. Hopefully somebody out there in Hollywood is listening to that. And goes ahead and does what they need to do and make a movie about it. I really enjoy seeing movies and that would be a really cool movie to see. I'd be really interested in checking that out. So please, Hollywood, if you're listening, please, please. It's a perfect thing to go on. 
to go after. Is that a movie about the first American, African-American Marine Corps troops? Part of America, part of history, and part of the culture that made it us what we are today. So, with that being said, with that being said, we, we approached soon to, um, I'm just looking at the calendar here because I'm trying to figure out what are we, no, we're actually a week out. So, we will be speaking about this a little bit more next week as well. So, what is coming up, people? Thanksgiving. And my question is, what type of person are you? What type of season are you like? Are you a Halloween person, a Christmas person, an all-around season person, or a Thanksgiving person? Um, I think we really need to teach the kids, though, the history and why they're celebrating Thanksgiving. Like I said, the history is not taught anymore in schools. So please, please. And then I'm going to roll my health tip off of the um, tale of this little factors here. But um, number one... Let the children know and learn what Thanksgiving is about. Even if you have to teach them and go over it yourself, let them know what it's about. Not just family getting together and eating a meal and watching TV or whatever, but and having a day off from school, of course, and work. Um, but teach them what it's truly about. Why Thanksgiving is. And there is several cultures that are, you know, there's a lot of different um, people from other countries and nationalities that are coming to America that don't celebrate Thanksgiving. And hey, if you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, that's your decision. I totally agree. If you don't want to, that's not you. If you would like to celebrate with somebody, maybe there's a co-worker or a family friend or something that does celebrate. If you don't, or your family don't, you could hang out with them. Maybe they'll invite you over if you ask them. And you'll be able to get a little taste of that Thanksgiving. So, teach the kids what Thanksgiving is for. And also... Have them talk about what they're thankful for, that Thanksgiving meal, but also being able to sit down and be with people and think about the things that you have in your life that you are truly thankful for. So at dinner or before or while you're sitting there the day before or day after, remember to talk to the kids about being thankful for what they have and what they get and what they do. So, Thanksgiving is a time of giving thanks. And also teach them about the history of it as well, as our forefathers came here. I know there's some little bit of fuzziness or a little bit of um, controversy, I guess you would say better. Controversy about the first Americans that came here and all like that. But, um, you know, it's still part of a history, no matter if it's controversial or not. It's still a piece of history. And a piece that everybody should be taught and know about. I know there's a lot of kids today that don't know the meaning of Thanksgiving or what it's even about. I know when I was in school, we used to talk about what it was about. And we used to learn about what it's about. My friends, people I talk to, they all know what it's about. I don't understand it. But we'll talk more about that next week as we get closer and closer to the holiday. And of course, you know, with the other holidays coming up, whether you celebrate Hanukkah or or christmas or whichever we'll talk about them too as we lead up to the big events or maybe kwanzaa even there that's another holiday out there that people um some of the schools in the city of new york if you're from the east coast um dimwati i think it was it was a an indian or um what do you call that 
well, I can't even think right now, but it's um, it's more based towards um, Caribbean holiday. Some of the schools celebrated this year and had off, so we're getting more and more holidays, and it's good for the kids to know the reason behind, not just all more from school, but know the reason why and the holiday that their people are celebrating. So, on to our health tip. We could go into this a little bit more next week, too, as well. <clears throat> we may have another health tip, but we can also cover this as well. Now, of course, enjoy yourself on Thanksgiving and be thankful for the food. But make sure if you're trying to stay healthy, don't feel bad if you say, listen, I don't want a piece of that pie or the cake or whatever. Don't be afraid to say, no, sorry, I don't want that. Enjoy the other food. Or if you're just that so committed that you don't want to have that cheat meal or that day off from your usual meal consumption, then bring some food with you. Add some of that food to the food that the <clears throat> place you're going to have has. Combine and mix it. Check it out. Get the background on the food beforehand so you make the wise choices. You can go a little bit overboard and a little bit of a cheat meal, but don't go too far. Remember, get back on track the next day. You can always slip up, but to remember, always get back on track. Don't fall off the horse and keep get back on. Get right back on, okay? So, like I said, don't be afraid to bring your own food or add your own food to it and add some of the other food. And try to make the most healthiest, practical choices at the Thanksgiving dinner. We'll talk more about the healthiness and the food you can pick and different um, traditions of Thanksgiving next week. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, where's my page? There it is. I knew I had it over here. So our call of action as we close out the show. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast to help us. You can find us on you can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Pod, and where you find all your great podcasts. I'm your host, Leroy, and thank you for listening. Please join us every Sunday, every week. We do this on a Sunday, not a Pacific time, but it definitely will come out before the end of Sunday. Thank you so much, everybody. And like always, have a great, great day and a great, great week.